What's up, our fans? Pete here from The Lasso Cast, and we have another author interview. Now, this is an author that I have been super excited to talk to for months at this point. I'm talking about Bo Johnson. His books, I don't know if you would label them straight up horror, but there are absolutely horror elements in them. And I know that he is talked about often in the horror crowd. So, Bo, thank you so much for coming on to The Lasso Cast. Uh, Peter, thanks for having me. I'm glad it happened. Uh, Bo's series that he has put out is the Bishop Ryder series. And Bishop, as we're a writer, as we uh, go through this interview, you're going to find out, uh, you know, he can get kind of nasty with his uh, targets. I read an interview that you had done uh, a little while ago. Uh, it was for Do Some Damage, like the website Do Some Damage. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer yep. was Paul J. Garth. And he asked you uh, when Bishop Ryder first appeared in your mind. Now, you said mm-hmm. about 14 years ago, uh, before the yes. time of the interview, um, you also said that it was right when you got back into writing. So I was wondering, what were you writing before you started writing Bishop Ryder stories? Oh, it was always like, I've always said King has been my my touchstone for, for writing. I read Misery. It was the first book that I wrote or uh, read, and it's always been King. So it was like sort of time travel, monster of the week, things like that. But then I stumbled upon crime fiction, like uh, Shotgun Honey and uh, Out of the Gutter Online, and I fell in love with it. And that's how uh, Ryder was, uh, the genesis of Ryder. First, it was his sister. I envisioned his sister in these six men in masks. And then I'm like, well, who would avenge her? And that was how Ryder was born. There's 96 Bishop Ryder stories, right? Yes. That's crazy. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I never expected a 96. One time I wanted to get to an even 100, but then I felt like I would just be padding it to get the number, the stat. Mm-hmm. So 96 seems to be a good number to end on. <laughs> well, well, how long does it take you to put together an entire writer book? Um, well, there's many answers to that. Uh, the, the first book, uh, seven years, right? And then yeah. uh, after that, I would say the second book, nine months and then usually after that it's always a year there's usually about 15 months in between books so i can write like the last book old man rider it was that was a weird process Uh, i I wrote it in 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 two separate stages i would say uh, four months and then maybe three months I, i didn't write for about five months and then three months i just the last half of the book just came to me yeah mm. what what happens during those like five months where you're not writing is it just that like the stories aren't popping in your head or what's going on? Well, I'm always thinking of, but I just, you know, I just don't want to, I, I try to like his story is connected, but I just don't want to feel like it's a forced connection. So I just try and mm. I'm always writing in my head. Right. I think we all are us writers yeah. trying to make it seem like we're not writing, I guess. Right. So right. a lot of that goes on. Right. I'm a, I'm a what if guy too. So it's not like I'm a plotter. Right. 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 Yeah. So, so like, that's what kind of makes me so excited about your writing in general, right? Because what's very interesting about these books is that they're essentially like short stories and there's so many of them per book. And yet they're, they're all connected. Uh, I know that you've said that you've written them not necessarily in chronological order, but that you kind of tie them together uh, when you put the book out. Um, Like, when you come up with a scenario for Ryder and for the characters that he's going to essentially dispense justice to, is it that yep. like, it's like what happened with his sister, like where it's like you, you saw the kind of the scenario 
and then you think about what the the payback would be, or is it like you're thinking about a specific character? Uh well, there's there's many ways. There's uh, as I as I went longer in uh, writer's story, uh, I was sort of you know, he's been killing a lot of people, but you don't want to be repetitious. So I tried to find different ways to to kill people, and then that's how some of the stories generated just from the implements that he was going to use and be different sort of created a, a different setting or whatever. Right. And right. then, uh, like I said, I, in the second book, I took the bottom part of his right leg because it started to feel like it was getting too easy for him. I needed some obstacles right there. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. So even though, you know, some bad shit has happened to him, he got too good at what he was doing. So I needed to take him down a peg, so to speak. I've read somewhere, I think maybe it was either in a tweet or it might have even been like a TikTok video that you did. But basically, you said that you um, just write the, the interesting parts or like the good parts of the stories, right? Like I say, I'm bad at writing the boring parts. That's, that's what bad I'm Bad at writing the boring parts. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Right, right. And, and see, to me, that's so appealing as a writer because I find that going to write, there's the stuff that I'm very eager to write. And then there's the stuff that like it has to essentially like bridge towards it. And I think yes. that with your books, you, you really have developed a system to where it's like you don't have the kind of filler stuff at all. It's just like, here's the scenario. Here's the scenario. And um, like for writing anything besides Bishop Ryder, do, do you use that same approach or is that like, in, do you like hear Bishop Ryder's voice and that's what makes you write that way? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he was uh, there. There, I, I wrote one other character similar to him, but he was more, which he ended up being his one of his his later partner. Which his his voice was a little more brash and talkative, and so that's the only one that's been similar. But the rest are, you know, I've really, I think there was only one other story where I had the same character that I went back to. But Bishop's the only character I've ever really gone back to and and done more stories about. Other ones have just been one offs. Yeah. The longest story I've ever written is 5,000 words. That's it. The boring parts, whatever, the connective tissue. I, I try to, to do that. I, I try to give you, you can only give so much exposition in a, in a certain story. So I had to implement this uh, unnamed narrator who is a helper of writers, but it's just from a different perspective and it gets to fill in some of the exposition or the boring parts in a, in a different way that doesn't in to me make, doesn't make it boring. Yeah. It's, well, it's helpful to me to, to write that character differently than, than writer. Now I've always joked too, that writer gets a little upset when I make him a secondary character in his own narrative, but he's got, yeah. 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 Well, I mean the, the actual like language that you use and the narration itself reminds me very much of like uh, sin city and like uh, kind of like Frank Miller's narration. Are, are you sure. familiar with those comics or the movies? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I saw one of the movies. Was there a sequel? There, there's just the Sin one City. Movie. There's Sin City, and that's directed by Robert Rodriguez. And there's the second one, which is like a Dame to Kill For, and or Die For. I think I just and, saw the first one. Yeah, yeah, and and, and they're all like, because because the way that Sin City works is it's essentially like little vignettes of you know stories of either cops or criminals or whatever in this this kind of dark world, and um, you know that just reminds me of Ryder so much, and. I love the language itself because like you describe horrible, horrible things happening, but it's never like this sort of like drawn out gratuitous thing. It's very much like, like very cleverly written. 
you know, well, like you. how he dispatches the people. It, it's it's like it, it's like so focused on like a clever way of saying almost like a, a entendre versus like directly saying gory, gross thing. It's a conscious thing that I do. Yeah, it's sort of like it's almost like it's off screen, but not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, is that because you mentioned your your influences a little bit earlier before, like crime fiction that you really got into? Um, are there specific writers that like kind of influenced? that particular style but the one that always sticks out is matthew c funk i really enjoyed his stuff uh and he was a, a clever a short story writer too such a, a great voice uh i don't think he writes anymore but i wish he did uh yeah. and uh ryan sales at the beginning there um there was just so many i'm trying to nick kolakowski angel louise colleen like a, a lot of those guys like it was just I was just in, I said, I was stumbling too. You're like, you're always trying to find your own voice. And when I was, like I was saying, when I was doing the King stuff or the monster of the week and time travel, I liked it, but it just didn't feel like it felt when I found crime fiction and I found writer's voice. I'm like, Oh man, this, this, I like this. And like, I've always said too, I didn't realize that I was really telling the same story until the third or fourth story. I'm like, I'm writing about the same character. And then I realized that he's got, he's got legs. I have something here. Now, did I know it was going to be 96 stories? I can't say that I did. But I, at some point during uh, uh, All of Them to Burn in the editing process, uh, that trailer for Infinity War came out. And Downey uh, says, part of the journey is the end. So I knew I was going to kill him. So then my choice was, does he go in a blaze of glory or do I let him do what he does for 40 years? So I decided to give him 40 years of killing people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And. It, it opens up the doors for like potential, you know, sequel books and stuff like that. I know that like, essentially this is the last writer book that you're going to put together, but then there's an anthology coming too, right? Crazy. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy that that's happening. Uh, yeah. To have other people write a character I created, it boggles my mind. I'm very humble too, but it's just, I'm so excited. Yeah. For, for anyone that's watching this video because they've sort of sought you out and they're they're looking up your work and stuff and maybe they're interested in writing a bishop writer story uh could you tell them kind of like what the guidelines are for submitting well the best I, I got about two pages of guidelines just to give you a, a rough if you've never read bishop writer so it's be best to just you know dm me on whatever uh, twitter or facebook or whatever find me out and i'll uh, email you the the particulars that's yeah, the easiest nice. way to do it. But it's anyways, the cutoff is going to be uh, end of April of 2023 and published in October of 2023 by Down and Out Books. It's just said in the Bishop Rider universe, it doesn't have to be about Bishop Rider, but it should be somewhere. He should be in there somewhere. It doesn't have to be exactly him. It could be like an, an ancillary character. It could be from a different perspective, someone he's chasing, something like that, whatever. Yeah. Something different. Like I've gotten a few stories where I'm like, wow, I never thought I could take Rider that route, but some people did it and it's... There's some good stories already. So, so you've gotten a, a bunch of responses so far. Yeah. Oh, some of the people that we have lined up, if, if it comes out, if it happens, like, oh, it's it's crazy. Like uh, Gabino, Glacius, uh, Sean Cosby. Uh, man, I there's a lot of people that I'm looking forward to reading their takes on Ryder or Ryder's universe. You mentioned Gabino Iglesias, and I, I noticed that like you and him on Twitter sometimes I like, kind of go back and forth with each other. And he actually seems like a perfect kind of guy to write a uh, writer's story, you know, just the way that his, because he is a horror guy, but he also does a lot of crime stuff too. I think he's a good match. 
I, I would agree. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it happens. Yeah. 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 He, uh, he blurred my third book. I was quite uh, excited about that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, so I was going to say that one last thing about Ryder too, is that I've heard you compare him to the Punisher or that uh, people compare him to the Punisher. And, um, I can see the similarities because horrible things have happened to his relatives, you know, and, and it inspires him to hurt criminals, kill criminals. Right. Uh, but I would say that his methods are different from the Punisher's and what happens to his family members is different. What happens to Frank Castle's family members. Uh, would you say there's anything else that makes distinctions between Ryder and, and Frank Castle? Well, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I just, I wanted to put my own spin on it. Right. I just didn't, you know, I, I try to stay away from, you know, the mafia stuff, you know, I, that's why I chose, cause he, he goes into a lot of, he, he does pedophiles too and, and rapists and, but, but it's usually the mafia he's connected with. So I want to steer clear of that because I knew there would be comparisons eventually down the line, but it's, I had him and uh, Charles Bronson up with, that's where it really started from. Right. Mm. But yeah, you can't, uh, you, you can't deny that there's similarities between Ryder and, and Frank Castle. Like I, yeah. a funny story, I, my first story with Ryder in it, I, I paid a homage to uh, Marvel Universe and I called it for Frank. But my sister read the story and she goes, well, who's Frank? Because there was no Frank in the story. And I, when I had to explain it to her, I'm like, OK, so I changed the title. And I can't even remember what story that is now that had the, the for Frank title, but I tried. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny because um, with, with Ryder he is like Frank Castle in the sense that he gives justice that you feel like might normally be denied, right? Like he gives justice to the, the truly worst people in society, like shitbirds, right? Like these horrible people and he does horrible things to them. Yes. Um, it, it, it's funny because you, it, it, at least you appear to be like a very nice guy and, and very friendly and social, but you have this character that's so dark, you know, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> does some really kind of horrible things. Um, do, do you feel like it's sort of cathartic for you to write out this stuff to kind of deal with the real world? Yes, totally. Yes. Yeah. And I've always said when I, I've got that uh, comparison before, like I'm doing my job, really, if I'm writing in that voice and I'm this person, right? But yeah, I, I, you know, if I did this stuff in real life, I'd lose my family. I, I wouldn't be able to. So it's nice. Cathartic is the good way to say that I can do this in my own way through writing. Because there is a lot of dirt bags and shit bags out there that get away with so much shit that they shouldn't. And yeah, yeah I'd like to take a hammer to some of them for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the main thing, right? Because, I, you know, about two years ago or like when COVID was just starting, I got into uh, horror, really hardcore, you know, because especially because the Twitter hardcore, I mean, the, <laughs> not the, horror, the Twitter horror community, right? And then that's where I yep. started to see your stuff. I used to, I would see your TikToks, I would see your Twitter posts. And um, you do this phenomenal, phenomenal job of promoting other people and promoting your work. And I almost feel like you actually promote other people more than you promote yourself. I would, uh, yeah, I, I have this 80-20 rule, which I've always said I bend when I have a new book coming out and it's usually maybe 50-50. But yeah, it's mm -hmm. a, it's, it's all started as a pay it forward thing. I went to this uh, book con, uh, voucher con uh, in 2017 and I was such a newbie, a green. 
and a few of these writers took me under their wing. So I started, I'm like, I want to say thank you. I bought their books. And then I, I made pictures of their books, you know, and people seemed to like it. And then it just snowballed from there, turned into these videos. I used to call the Monday love and then do some damage contacted me and said, do you want to come on as a contributor? And that's how not Bo's book Nook started. And yeah. yeah, it's just a big old snowball. So, and you know, I see other people doing it too, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. And no one else is going to promote my stuff. I don't have an agent. I don't have a marketing budget. I have this phone, I say, so I do what I can. Yeah. Well, I, I know that like within the past like two or three months, there's definitely been a big push for writers to get on TikTok. Like they feel like that's their way to promote. And I feel like you're just like light years ahead of them because you are like, you know, you're wearing your mustache and then you have like a wig on and some of them you're sitting on the toilet. You're like, you know, doing all these different random things in your TikToks and you have different songs playing. I mean, there's special effects. It's, it's just like super, super impressive. And like, first of all, I was going to ask you, because you are promoting other people's stuff. Like, how long does it take you to read a, a book? Uh, well, I can usually any maybe I'd say on average 10 days is, is my. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, I'm yeah. always an hour before I go to bed. I read an hour before I go to bed. And if it's a book that's really has a hold of me, I'll, I'll stretch the time. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. like, it just seems like you're like putting out video after video of like other people's books, you know, and then, and then your own too. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes in, in between I have to, you know, I, I, cause I can't, I try and do the weekly grind and sometimes I have to take weeks off cause I just, I've caught up to myself or sometimes I'll go back to other books that I've read and I'll, I'll, I'll do a different video or I'll add some together. These are some books that I've read in the past and put 12 books together. Or just recently I did in my, my TBR pile because they get no love. Really. I buy them, I give them a pick and then they sit there for, I have books that I am well into 2025 now that people have sent me, which I enjoy that people send me books, but I cannot guarantee that I'm going to read it, but at least I can give it a pick or sometimes I'll put it in a video. And if I do, uh, like the book, I read it and I like it. I will do a video. I have no problem doing that. You know, I like to promote, but if you, if, if I, you know, that's the thing too, if I don't like a book, I'm not going to really make a video or uh, I'll review it, but they can find it, but I'm not going to tag an author in any uh, negative light. Right. I'll just say uh, it wasn't for me. Right. Cause not all books are for everybody. Right. I, I totally, totally empathize because you know, there, there are authors that like reach out to me and stuff and, you know, want to be on the show or like, you know, I contact and stuff. And um, I, I get super excited to, to talk to everyone, but not every single book is like this thing that totally hooks me right away, you know? Yeah. And, and um, I, I think that like with your stories, what's interesting about the Bishop Ryder books is that I actually have not read a lot of crime fiction. And because of reading Bishop Ryder, it, it kind of makes me want to read just like straight up crime fiction versus horror, which I've spent most of my time on in the past two years. So like um, right now, is there anything that is like kind of what you say, like contemporary to Bishop Ryder or like if people like Bishop Ryder, they should check out these books too. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I would say uh, Laird uh, Barron's uh, Isaiah Coleridge series. Like that is, who has some good stuff there. I like that. And like, of course, Ennis, Ennis's run on the Punisher is, is classic. Oh. And uh, Bendis's and uh, Malib's run on Daredevil, I would say, if you want to cry, like, it's just so good. So good. Yeah. I'll always recommend that. Yeah. See, see, Bo, that's the reason why I love your stuff so much, man, because I love Ennis's run on the Punisher. Yes. And I love Bendis's run on uh, Daredevil too. That's like one of my favorite Daredevil runs. But Daredevil is crazy because there's like, so many good runs, you know? 
Oh, yes. You know, like I, um, I think Brubaker followed him. And I, I think I, I don't think I read all of that as I, I you know, started having kids and <laughs> something had to give and comics were one of them. So, yeah. Right, right, right. But anyways, right. I really, I really, I've, I have the, I still have the Punisher. And once in a while I break them out, but it's been a few years since I've read them. But, oh, man, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably why I like your story so much, because it's the narration, like I said before, with Sin City. But that's just a, a natural comic book thing where you know, um, there's always these sort of like play on words to describe the violence, you know, and I think that that's what you do. I mean, you straight up describe the violence too, but there's always this clever description of it, which it always reminds me of a comic. So I think that's probably why I dig it so much. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say that you've also kind of rec- uh, talked about shows and you've given them reviews, just like you give book reviews and, you know, you'll say, oh, it's seven mustaches or whatever. You'll, you'll give it a review like that. Um, yeah. You talked about the show dark once you recommended that to me yes. and then recently you've been talking about lost and yeah. I, I feel like both of these have to do with like time travel <laughs> and like alternate realities and things like that um you mentioned earlier that you kind of had interest in that type of story writing do you think you would ever attempt something like that in the future uh well i'll never say never like in in that first book of mine there's i think there's a couple time travel stories in there and some monsters of the week. I think I remember a vampire that infiltrated a <clears throat> an old group home, something like that. But uh, yeah, I'll never say never, right? I'm always going to write. I'm just I'm done with publishing, but I'm always I'm always going to write. So yeah, if, if the idea strikes, yeah, for sure. Nice, nice. But yeah, I lately uh, I don't know what me and my one boy were watching on Lost, and it started me thinking about Lost again. And oh man, when that show first came out, oh, man, I was obsessed. Such yes. a good show. Yeah, it's funny because you you did a little poll. I mean, I kind of sound like a stalker talking about like all the things you do on Twitter. (laughs) It's like I I see your stuff the most in my feed, you know. And so you did this like poll where you listed these lost moments and people could click on, you know, what was their favorite moment. And honestly, I I didn't remember each moment you described. Mm -hmm. Uh, for, For me, when I think of like peak lost, I think like season three when they're with the others and Jack has to do the surgery on Ben like sure. that, I feel like that's all, oh, man, that's primetime stuff right there. Yeah. Or yeah. when you, at the beginning of opening of season three, when you see it from the other's perspective in the plane breaking up, Oh, yeah. I love other perspectives, seeing the same thing a different way. And that when it's done, it's that good. Oh, makes me yeah. come back week after week. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember sitting with my wife, two things uh, when the, a pilot came out and we watched that and i liked it more of course and i'm just like what did we just watch right and then at the end of season three when kate gets out of that car i'm like what they knew each other before oh they're off the island oh yeah man it yeah. was so good and i i heard that we could have been spoiled because they watched it earlier on whatever coast and i'm glad i wasn't spoiled because i would have just taken all the air out of it if i'd have known right right yeah uh I mean, you did mention that like the show kind of dips in quality eventually. And yeah, you know, season but, six is not my favorite. Yeah, right, right. I do appreciate the ending, though. I, I like the very last episode. Oh, the finale. No, the finale is by far one of the best finales out there. I know it gets a lot of hate, but you know what? It was it was a good finale. And I'll I, I'll die on that hill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever watched the show Yellow Jackets by any chance? Yep. It tries okay. to be lost. Right, right. I was going to say, it's very similar to Lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, we're talking about all these different shows and stuff like that, but 
Has anyone ever approached you about adapting Ryder into like a show or a movie? Well, many people have mentioned it. Yeah. I'd like to see it come to fruition for sure, like anyone, but I just don't know if it will. Like, again, I think I need to have an agent and a marketing budget to get to, to break through to wherever I need to get to, to get it yeah. in front of somebody. So unless that happens, I think I'm just going to sell my little books. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, if if it was ever to be adapted, you know, pie in the sky kind of thing, right? But if it ever yeah. was, do you feel like it would be kind of labeled as a, a horror movie, even though it's crime fiction, kind of the way that like Seven, a lot of people label Seven a horror movie, even though it's like a thriller or a detective story? Totally. I, I, I say I've always, I've uh, crime and horror, I say, are cousins. And I think I ride the line between the two. I know I, it's not quite monsters, but they're human monsters, I've always said, right? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would, seven for sure. Yeah, it'd be that dark, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, usually when we get towards the, the end, if, if you want to, like, just kind of plug where people can find you and, like, where they can find your work. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, as of tomorrow, uh, my tweets are going to be suppressed because I'm not paying the $8 to <sighs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Musk. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, anyways, uh, but I'm on Twitter, Bo Johnson 44, uh, TikTok, Bo Johnson 44, Instagram, Bo Justin Johnson, and Facebook is old man Bo Johnson. Nice, <laughs> Facebook's nice. for the older people now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my books, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Down and Out uh, website, uh, some libraries down in New Zealand now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Pretty far. I've never been that far. Yeah. Yeah. Bo, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, if you can't tell, I'm a big fan. And um, I just think that kind of what you do for the writing community is uh, it's just like this very positive thing. And so, you know, I'm very grateful. And I think that a lot of other writers are very grateful. So, I mean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks, and, Peter. Uh, but I just want to say, like, I, I just I benefit from it. I benefit from it, too. You know, it's a it's a it's a two way street, you know. So I, everybody sometimes thinks that I'm very altruistic, but I am. But at the same time, I'm trying to do my own thing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But no, I, I appreciate I appreciate the comment. Cool, man. And, uh, you know, when the, the first Ryder movie comes out, if you want to come oh. on and talk to me and Danny, <laughs> and then he'll actually watch it. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Well, thank you so awesome. much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time then. Okay. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, so 